Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Today I'm speaking with Satch Jane, the founder and CEO at Karam Health. How are you today? Good. Uh, thanks for having me, Jared. Absolutely. I'm excited for us to chat. I think we should dive right into it. I'd love if you could tell the audience a little bit about your background and then we'll, we'll talk more about your company. Sure. Um, so I'm Satch Jane, uh, founder and CEO of Karam Health. Um, I'm a computer scientist and engineer by training, uh, but I've spent now over a decade in the guts of healthcare payments. Started my career uh, working for a hospital revenue cycle management company, um, one of the darkest corners of healthcare where, uh, you know, these are the companies that hospitals hire to chase patients, chase health plans, and all the crazy stories you hear in the media about patients re receiving bills, that they thought they should not own. Um, they are done systematically, um, you know, uh, through a hospital revenue cycle management company. Um, and I realized that, uh, you know, given my engineering background and learning about healthcare outside in, uh, that the way we pay for healthcare is completely wrong. Uh, it is like buying a car part by part. Everyone is busy billing for all different parts of the car. No one is worried about whether the car actually works or the driver has a good experience. So my journey since then has been about trying to find a solution where um, you can rationalize, rationalize healthcare purchasing um, and um, spend some time in healthcare reform uh, after this company. And that's where this idea came that I felt could be transformative. So we launched Karam Health in 2014. Uh, we are seven years young. Um, and our first focus is on surgeries. So why surgeries? The reason being, uh, one, this is perhaps the biggest and most neglected part uh, of healthcare that, um, that is not getting enough attention. Um, employers spend almost half of their total medical span on surgical procedures. And these are procedures like hip replacement, knee replacement, um, bypass surgery, bariatric surgeries, et cetera. Um, we all know there's a lot of solutions, great solutions that are upcoming in the primary care and chronic care space, but nothing is really happening in, in surgical care, which is uh, perhaps the bigger wild west. Uh, the cost of the surgeries are all over the place. Um, RAND recently did a study where they found uh, employers pay almost 2.5x compared to Medicare uh, for surgical procedures. Uh, and for the same procedure, the cost is just 2.5x higher. Patient experience, we all know, is, is terrible and the quality is all over the place. So that's where we are focused on. And, um, and what we have done is um, we have built a tech platform ground up for surgical uh, episodes. And on this platform, uh, we uh, partner with some of the best of the best providers across the nation who excel in these kind of surgical procedures. Um, and they do these procedures only when they are necessary. Uh, we partner with them, we bring them uh, on our platform, and then we connect them directly uh, with self-insured employers using standardized bundle payment arrangements. In the process, um, we take out all the middleware that exists between employers and providers uh, so that um, the efficiency uh, of payments is very high. 
uh, and because we have selected these providers based upon their credentials of uh, avoiding unnecessary surgeries and uh, when they do surgeries, surgeries are, um, uh, are a huge success, um, the quality and, and the outcomes are, are through the roof. And, um, and this approach has really resonated in the market. Um, we are currently partnering with uh, some of the top hospitals across US like Cleveland Clinic, Mayo Clinic, Johns Hopkins, Stanford, Rush Medical Centers, just to name a few, uh, who are typically the market leaders in the market we are in. And then on the employer side, we are working with um, several public and private sector employers, um, we are working with state governments. We are working with several uh, Fortune 500 companies, including five of the Fortune 100 companies. Um, and so um, the model is, um, you know, delivering the value that we um, had, uh, you know, targeted to do at the beginning of uh, starting the company. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's very interesting what you're working on. And you're also able to, I'm sure one of the parts you like most is how you're able to work with all these different parties but you're, while still focusing on, you know, your core focus. So that's, that's excellent. I'd be curious if you could take us through, and if you can't totally understand, but can you talk us through for, for one of these use cases for the people that you're working with, kind of how that flow of working, uh, using the Karen platform works for them? Yep. So um, if an employer uh, is using Karen, one of their employees um, is, uh, based out of San Francisco Bay Area, and they require a hip replacement surgery. Um, first, um, given just the way we pay for healthcare in our current healthcare system, um, any provider typically you will go to in your network, um, they will be all keen uh, to do the surgery on you because that's how they make money. Um, and as a as a member, it's just very difficult for you to figure out uh, which providers are good, who do surgeries when they are necessary. And when they do surgeries, the outcomes are, are really great. Um, plus another challenge members face is that uh, if they want to know how much this surgery will cost, no one is going to tell you uh, how much it's going to cost. You will go through the surgery and after that, the bills will start streaming in um, and something typically will go wrong somewhere uh, where let's say an anesthesiologist is out of network and sending you a $10,000 bill. So this is sort of the experience that members uh, are accustomed to in the current PPO style uh, you know, uh, insurance that they have. Now, if this member has access to Karam solution, uh, they will go on our platform uh, and in the among the list of the procedures they will pick that I require a hip replacement surgery. Um, and we will show them the options that are available to them um, uh, in, in the neighborhood. So in, they are in the Bay Area, they will see Stanford as uh, one of the options and some of the top surgeons in Stanford uh, will be available on our platform that a member can choose. Now, um, once that is done, um, we assign a care concierge person uh, to the member uh, who is their advocate through the entire episode of care. We give them uh, a tool, a patient app for iPhone, for Android that they can use to you know, uh, guide through uh, the entire episode of care. Uh, and everything 
through our app has been virtualized. So um, obviously not the surgery itself, uh, but everything from appointment scheduling, uh, form filling, medical record collection, uh, consultation to ensure surgery is necessary, everything is virtualized. So only thing a member needs to do is to show up at the hospital if the surgery is necessary, show the CARAM card, which is also embedded within the app and get the surgery done. Um, and, um, and the best part is a member never sees a medical bill in the entire episode of care. They pay nothing, let alone any surprise bill. So in this model, you take out um, all the uncertainty around the quality of the provider. You take out all the uncertainty around the process. We are ensuring that the members spend least amount of time in the doctor's office or in the hospital, which is what everyone wants today. Uh, and you take out every financial uncertainty in the process. So the only thing a member needs to do is to focus on getting healthier and members love it. So, um, you know, we all believe in net promoter scores. Our net promoter score is 96. It's, <laughs> it's 120 points higher than where the current, uh, you know, NPS score is for the, for the healthcare industry in general. That's, that's absolutely incredible. But based on what you've told me, I'm not surprised, right? Especially based on the area that you're in within healthcare, one of the biggest frustrations you'll, you'll hear from people is they get these surprise bills, right? Or they wonder, was this surgery proposed to them even necessary as you mentioned, right? And sometimes it's sad, but actually not sometimes, I would say a lot of the times it maybe isn't, right? Uh, it's, it's the, the current problem with how healthcare is set up, it's, it's why value-based care is continuing to just gain so much momentum. Um, the old way of doing things is not how, you know, patients and, and even a lot of providers I'm seeing are, are really getting on the value-based care train now more than ever. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, if someone gets a surgery that is not necessary, it's a complete failure of the system and everyone loses, you know, uh, the member who never needed surgery now had this almost a life altering event. Um, employers lose because they are paying for surgeries that are not necessary. Um, so, uh, so that's a terrible outcome. And, um, and in our model, as I mentioned, it's a big win for the member uh, for the reasons I, uh, I just mentioned earlier, but it's a big win for the employers because uh, they do not pay for the surgeries that are necessary. And when the surgeries do happen, in our model, unit cost comes down dramatically. So Rand Corporation, uh, big think tank, uh, so they did an independent peer-reviewed study on CADAM. And what they found was that when employers implemented CADAM, they avoided 30% of the unnecessary surgeries, 30%. And when the surgeries did happen, unit cost was 45% lower compared to what this employer was paying through the regular health plan. And the readmission rates were 80% lower. So you combine all those factors and you start realizing that, uh, that value-based care and bundled payments can do some real magic. I've had some great conversations with uh, Dr. Christopher Chen from ChenMed and, and they're obviously huge in, in value-based care. And then the team over at Curation Health as well with the tools that they're developing. and 
as I continue to learn more about value-based care, it, it's beginning to seem like a no-brainer why we need to fully transition to this. But one of the things the, the chief medical officer at Curation Health would talk about and also the, the CEO of our Chemed would talk about is how a, a big problem that we're still facing is the, these medical students and these residents and these, these fellows, um, value-based care is still not something that is really even touched upon in, in great detail. Uh, through their schooling journey, which that'll be something if we want to fully continue to adopt value-based care, we need obviously our providers to, to be uh, fully accepting of it and also understand the ins and outs of it. So we'll, we'll see how that happens. Um, when you talk with these, with these providers, uh, do you get a sense that they're, they're excited for a, a more value-based care uh, version of healthcare? Absolutely. I mean, um... When we started Garam five, six years ago, um, we had to do a lot of uh, evangelism uh, to uh, you know, make sure uh, providers understand what the model is. Um, but I think the, the big uh, breakthrough was that how uh, we were able to align their incentives, align provider incentives, uh, towards lowering cost and avoiding unnecessary surgeries. The, the earlier try, earlier um, you know, attempts at uh, getting providers bought into value-based care was that, hey, let's just squeeze providers, get better rates, um, and, uh, and you know, uh, all the upside will be uh, kept by you know, uh, purchasers, essentially. The way we crafted the model was that um, aligning provider incentives with lower costs and better quality through bundle payments um, has just you know, uh, ensured that providers see the value in it. Uh, and if they are doing well, they are able to gain market share. Um, uh, and you know, that just benefits everyone. So um, starting from you know, one Z, two Z providers uh, at the earlier stage of CARAM, we have uh, coverage uh, from coast to coast. And as I mentioned, we are working with some of the best providers in the nation because they see the huge upside in the model. There's, there was one thing I wanted to ask you before we, we wrap up here in just a, a minute. So obviously over the last year with the pandemic, a lot of these planned surgeries were delayed. Now, can you talk a little bit about how the different key stakeholders, whether it's the employers, providers, and, and health plans, uh, how can they prepare for increased utilization, but also uh, while you know, being able to manage those costs and still deliver quality outcomes? I, I'd be curious because this is obviously a core focus for you, your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, there, is, there is a... Uh, huge backlog of surgeries uh, that uh, we are facing today, uh, given um, what has happened over the last 15 months or so. Um, we saw a recent study which says that uh, even just for joints and spines, there's a backlog of 1 million procedures, uh, which is, you know, if you convert into dollars, it's almost 75 to $90 billion spend for employers alone. Um, and in our discussions with uh, employers, I mean, that is, uh, I will say, uh, the top of the mind issue that as these procedures come back, uh, employers want to do a few things. One, um, 
they want to make sure they have the right uh, infrastructure, right solutions in place so that um, when the market really opens up, uh, you know, they can, um, um, they can uh, direct their members, their employees uh, to the right providers in an expedited fashion. Um, second is given the amount of the spend, um, they want to make sure um, you know, these surgeries happen only when they are necessary. And when they do happen, the unit cost goes down and the outcomes are great. Uh, another area of huge concern is that uh, no one wants to spend uh, an extra minute in the doctor's office or in the hospital than necessary, uh, which you know, traditionally has been the case in the regular PPO um, you know, style networks. So um, just as a result, um, the interest um, in finding solutions like ours has been extremely high. Um, I believe Business Group on Health and Willis Hours Watson did some surveys where they found that almost eight out of 10 employers are planning to implement a Centers of Excellence program, uh, which just you know, again continues to highlight um, how big of a top of mind the issue is uh, for employers. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we are seeing that uh, huge surge in the demand uh, in our book of businesses given uh, these grants that are upcoming. Thank you for that. I, I was curious about, uh, you know, your, your thoughts on that, especially because this is, this is your space, right? So uh, okay. I, I wanna thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. I'm hoping we can have you on again soon and cover some different topics and get an update on, where things are at with the company, but uh, really appreciate your time today. And thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Enjoyed the conversation. Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts. We're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, You can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.